0: Him up. He's gonna walk back in this church, lift his hands, and worship you. Lord, I pray, Father, for John that you will overshadow and keep him, Lord. I pray that you will cause everything that needs to happen for his full recovery, Lord God, begin to take place. Lord, and we would pray tonight, Lord God, for those in this house, Lord, that need a to touch. We pray for the comfort, Lord God, of those family, and Lord, we pray, Father God, for salvation. To flood into Andy Adcock's family and extended family, I ask in Jesus' name for your mercy and for your peace. And everybody said, "Amen, Amen." amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, tonight. Those of you that may not be aware, we started back the Pain to Purpose that is held once a month. Uh, classes are going on right now, which you're welcome to go over in class classroom 300 next door if you want to participate in that. Also, as I mentioned, the uh, celebration service for Philip will be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, also, the Savvy Sisterhood uh, ministry to our single mothers are going to be having a luncheon at Ackmark Home, and that will be 1 o'clock Sunday. Uh, nominations are open uh, in anticipation of our upcoming business meeting. Uh, just be sure Members, if you will, check the eligibility, eligibility, thank you, list, and uh, it was there, just one coming out here, so if you will, be sure to sign your name, uh, and you can put your nominations in that box right directly behind me. Also, the, the pink conference, many of you ladies are signing up, go ahead and pay for that uh, online, and uh, let Melissa Coy know that you're going, and I, sh- I know she'll appreciate that. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will. We're going to go to two places, two places tonight. We're going to go to Genesis 28 hold your place there. Genesis 28, hold your place there. And then let's go over to, let's start out in 2 Kings, 2 Kings tonight. And we're going to start with the, uh, with the first verse. Father, we love you, magnify your name. Ask for the anointing of your spirit, Lord, that crushes every yoke. I pray, Father, for for such a blessing, Lord God of understanding and revelation to come to us together corporately, Lord, as we worship you tonight. Lord, we love you, and Father, we thank you for your mercy. I want you to look here in 2 Kings, the second chapter, in the first four verses here, continuing with Elijah and Elisha. Elisha is following after Elijah, and there's going to be a transference that's going to happen in the next few weeks when we get to that. But I want you right now, as we, we're talking about, we're looking at Elisha. Because Elisha is giving a clear demonstration of a faith life. A clear demonstration of a faith life. And heaven you know, we need faith. Amen. Amen. We need faith uh, to live, even to please the Lord, we've got to walk in faith. That is walking beyond our ability, believing in the unseen, stepping over into areas, just trusting in that relationship with God. That's what it all boils down to its relationship with the Lord. And as we look here, 2 Kings is the second chapter, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elisha said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you they went down to Bethel. Now verse 3, now the sons of the prophets were at Bethel and came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elisha said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. I want you to notice something before we just do a, a, a quick recap. Notice there that the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha. They all began to, they, they understood the same thing. have any of you ever noticed when the Spirit of God begins to move, he just, doesn't just speak to one. He starts speaking corporately. I can't tell you the number of times I've come in and and the live class message will will just be a direct link to the to the sermon that I'm going to preach. I walk in, and all of a sudden, the worship the, the the worship set and the songs are just completely complementary. And then you walk in, and God has already spoken to you what He wants to say to you, and the message is being preached. Why? Because God wants us to know what He's up to. Amen. It, it, it is uh, He begins to speak across the board in unison. I thought that was just a, 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 a particular note that we need to understand that God does speak to his people. But we see there that Elisha is demonstrating the faith life. We saw that he was faithful and also that how he forsook everything to follow after Elijah. Last week we talked about how that he was at Gilgal. And we drew the analogy and the understanding as we were looking at the significance of Gilgal. Just like we'll look at the significance of Bethel and Jericho and Jordan. But just going back and understanding the origins of that city. What it speaks to us as a people and the lessons that are there. And I believe God is preparing each one of you individually and corporately for the work he has in store. Honestly do. I wouldn't be up here doing what I'm doing. If I didn't believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you will listen and begin to see the, the message that the Lord is speaking to you, as we see that we've got to be faithful in the field. Amen? You've got to grow where you're planted. You've got to hunt with the teeth you have. You may not have lion teeth yet. You may still have a, you may still have a cat teeth, but you've got to hunt with those teeth, amen? And you want to graduate plant your teeth level, you got to hunt with what you have. Grow where you're planted. As Teddy Roosevelt said, you, your ability needs responsibility to understand the possibility. Amen? Your abilities need responsibilities to understand the possibilities. Go ahead and just quit blaming the devil that you're free-falling and you just understand that God wants you to Throw out those wings and start to fly. That maybe the falling is not uh, instigated by the enemy. Maybe the Lord's got a better plan. So the faith life is, is being faithful. Let's start there with faithfulness. That's a good place to start. Also, we seem to do this, God's leading us to a place that He is already committed to. You know, He tells us to love Him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbors ourselves. Why does he command something of that nature? Because he's telling you, that's how much I love you. I'm not asking you for less than what I'm giving you. I love you with all that I am, all that I ever will be. I love you. I love you. So we see it's an all-in relationship. Any relationship that you renew into, especially in the marriage covenant, you would not want a half-hearted commitment from your spouse God's not looking for a half-hearted commitment from his church. His bride. So we look here and we see that Gilgal. Elisha, you got to work. you got to work and there's a plan. So as we stay here, you need to stay here, please, at Gilgal. You've got to learn the lesson of Gilgal. And the lesson of Gilgal is you are not who you were. I hope that rang true last week. You're not who you were. You're not a victim Anymore. What do we find out Sunday when we talk? You know what happens when we walk with a victim mentality? We become victimizers. Because we are misidentified. Child of God, you're not a victim. And when you misidentify yourself as a victim, all of a sudden you start misidentifying everybody else. Come on now. And what happens is you start applying labels to people that are false, because you are viewing them through a lens that is not true. Anyway, that's just a recap. Gilgal, it's its the rolling away of the reproach of Egypt. It's getting rid of the old stuff. It is letting it go. It's, it's, it's the same word, root word, as Golgotha. What happened at Golgotha, the place of the skull? What happened there? The cross was erected. Where is our sin rolled to? It's rolled over unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I died, and now I rose again with him. I'm not who I was. I am a new creature just learning how to walk in this newness that he has in store. It's exciting. This news is better than we can imagine. So as we look here, Bethel. Bethel. I know Bible students, you can tell me what Bethel means, the house of God. You see, Elijah, you got to work, and folks, let me tell you, there's so grand a work So that we can have a right word. Amen. You got to have right teaching in order that you can have right practices so that you can have right feelings. Amen. Don't put your feelings in front because if you put your feelings in front, you're going to end up in the ditch. Amen. Get your doctrine right. Anchor yourself there and then start practicing in that doctrine. I am born again, blood bought by, by the Lord God Almighty. He loves me and cares for me, and that's where I want to anchor myself as an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Okay. So I, I got to start there. And now the feelings are just going to fall. The feelings are just going to fall. Because when you, well, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Get the righteousness right, you'll get the the joy will follow. So let's look on here. Gil-gab, I hope that came through. And if it didn't, I hope this that clarifies it. If you're not who you were. You're a new creature. Start living as a new creature. Start thinking as out of here and go back and find you a bride. So he loads up and indications of the story we're about to read it kind of lends the indication that he didn't have a lot when he took off. Even after he got to Laban's house we found out that he had to work for everything. He didn't have the he didn't have the the same camel train that uh, wooed come on that that wooed him uh, his mama over to Isaac. She didn't send him out with the whole caravan of all the camels and meet at the well and get your bride and come home. No, he he looked like he left empty handed. Just took off and now he's in route and 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 he's going back to to Haran in that direction where 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 Sarah and Jacob came from. Well, let's pick up the story in verse ten. I'm reading a number of verses here and I'm trying to move along a little bit. Now Jacob went in Genesis twenty eight and ten. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba, so he left the well of old and he went to Haran. He's heading back to his ancestral land. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of, of that place and put it to his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. So he's looks like he's in a hard circumstance, doesn't he? He's having to rest his head. set up on the earth. Its top reached to heaven, and there were angels of God were ascending and descending on him. Wow. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above him, and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie I will give to you, and to brought to the west, the east, the north, the south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. <laughs> Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. I take glad God is He's going to have the final say. All we got to do is stay on track. Amen? Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, the Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose in the morning and took the stone that he put it upon his head. He set it up as a pillar. Poured oil upon top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city before was Jacob made a vow, if God will be with me and keep me in this way where I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God not just my father's God this stone which Church, oh, that we would come to the revelation that know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I love what John G. Lake who said, He said, Wherever this suit of clothes goes, God goes. Every morning he got up, he looked in the mirror. And anybody knows the story of John G. Lake, you understand that he was a healing evangelist and he understood the power of God. And the Lord led him to all regions of the world. Every morning he got up, he reminded himself that he was Bethel. He was the house of God, that he was the gate of heaven, that he got up and said, the Lord is in this suit of clothes. He is occupying this tabernacle. And so wherever I go, God is going with me. And whatever I see, God sees with me. Whatever I face, God faces with me. And whatever I do, God does with me. Because he lives inside of here oh my god the lord was not interested in brick and mortar emphasis risen all over the world yes we thank god that he uses buildings but what he's more interested in is the individual heart that he can occupy now as you look here we see that Jacob is heading over has a dream we'll talk about that dream bit more detail. We talk about uh, and we see that there's some supernatural activity taking place in this dream. See something happen he said, laying there. He's writing this down or we wouldn't have the record. He's the only one that has a story. He had to tell somebody somewhere or we wouldn't have this today. You know, he, he might not have been the one that penned it, but But it was carried on, I believe, through oral traditions. And Moses, somewhere along the way, he got the story and he wrote it down. Because it was told over and over and over again. But that story went that he laid his head upon a rock. And when he laid his head down in that night, all of a sudden God visited him in a night vision, a dream. He saw the connection between heaven and earth. He saw the supernatural unseen realm interacting with the seen realm. He saw the messengers of heaven coming down, delivering messages, and then taking messages back up. And then he looks up and he sees God at the top of this ladder. Because the Lord had initiated all of this. Because it wasn't just for Jacob or it would have died with Jacob. No, it was for his descendants that would be as plenteous as the dust of the seashore and as the stars of heaven. That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Now, yes. yeah. he's told now. He said, this land that you're on, I'm going to give it to you. Why? Because it belongs to me. You can't give something away that didn't belong to you. You can't go give give a a car that didn't belong to you to somebody else. It's not yours to give. But the Lord said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to the Lord. And he said, I'm going to give you this land. It's going to be yours. And see, the Lord spoke to him in a language called covenant. It was the same promise that he made to Isaac. It's the same promise he made to Abraham. It's the same promise he makes to the church today as the dust of the, of the land and, the, and, the, and his plenus as the stars in the sky. Be fruitful and multiply. You can take that all the way back to the garden as we learned Sunday. That's a very, hmm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's all right. But I want you to see that he had a revelation. Anytime that you look in the Old Testament and you, you begin to see the imagery and you see mountains, you just, just let your mind go there. It, it's referring to kingdoms. But we see there's a, there's a, the Lord is saying here, he said, look, this, or, or, or Jacob says, look, this, this was a mountain. This was a kingdom, but that's what it was before. But this is what I'm calling it. I'm calling it Bethel, the house of God. So, so you've got the, the, the house of God now. And you can hyperlink that that Bethel house of God over to Paul's teaching as we've already done. And know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are Bethel if you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, you are Bethel. And if you are Bethel, you're the house of God because you cannot be a born again children, a child of God, unless you become the holy habitation of the Holy One build a house just to leave there to ruin. No, he built a house to occupy. Yeah. Wow. God wants to live inside of you and every person that is alive. Yeah. Now, what we've seen is that he added to that revelation. I, I, some of you don't believe me, so I'm just going to read it. Some of you Heaven through the church, who's the church? I hope you say I'm the church. If you're not the church, you can be the church before you leave this church. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you're not the church, you can be the church before you leave this church. But when you notice, you you are the gate of heaven. Now we're not going to get into it tonight. But but if you look at the gate of heaven, it's got it's got three individual distinctive purposes. Number one is access. We'll talk about next week if the Lord will. Uh, governance and authority. But, and we'll get in deeper to that because we'll we'll just say that, okay? But a gate is an access point. It, it's an access point. I, I, I love to, to visit uh, Latin America. I love to visit in the east and in many countries in Africa that we have visited. I, I think those that have been over there and those that grew up there would testify that that a lot of the a lot of the homes have, have 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 gate have walls around them, and there'll be a gate of entrance that you enter into. And you can't get into that dwelling place unless you go through that gate. It's an access point. It's an entry point, and there's no way in there without without going through the gate. Any of you who have traveled from uh, Texas all the way down to the South to cross over into Mexico, you can't get in there. It, you can't get through that border unless you go through the gates. Right. What we see here folks, the only way into this realm is through the human Now, what happened is the Lord and we always imagine and think on the terms that Eden was a place where the Lord placed man. That was his origin. Genesis. That was man's home was Eden. What we fail to realize is that was the dwelling place of God on earth. And so I didn't hear what you said I'm going to ask you what we see, what we see is that what happened in Eden is that the enemy knew that if the only way to separate a holy God who means utterly pure, utterly pure, the only way to separate that relationship and violate that, re- that interaction is he had to take the innocent ones, Adam and Eve, and he had to tempt them. They weren't perfect, they were just innocent. And when he tempted them, all of a sudden, they disobeyed and they were now corrupted. And now they were put outside of the dwelling place of God. And the enemy triumphed in glee, thinking that he had conquered the Lord because the gate in his mind was closed, because there was with flaming swords in Genesis that were blocking the entrance in to the holy habitational place of God. They could not get back into that place. And so, what we see is the Lord had already had a plan. And he wasn't going to stop what he had already started. He told Adam and Eve, he said, Go and be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Go and I believe that God gave them that garden that they could manage. And it was plenty big for them to occupy. But the purpose of God was for them to multiply. And in the multiplication of them, they were meant to now expand the garden of God for great. Now, folks, if we think about it logically, if the whole earth was Eden, how would they be separated from Eden and not allowed back in there? You ever thought about it? God created the heavens. he didn't change his plan now in Exodus 26 and and 31-32 it says shall we make a veil woven of blue purple scarlet thread and fine woven linen and it shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubims?" so the Lord creates There was an outer court, the holies, and then the holies of holies. There was an outer court where you would see the priests would minister. And in that outer court, there would be the brazen altar as the fire was going up. And just past that was the labor. And then you go inside the doors, you would see the the, the, the whole room was illuminated by the. The golden lampstand and the table of showbread, and, and in front there would be just be this aromatic, beautiful uh, smell that would already the resin that was left over from the altar of incense that was stood right in front of the veil. But that veil had cherubims standing there guarding. And see, God created that access for Israel, the covenant people, because he had to create what we would begin to understand, that there would be a sacrificial system. And in that sacrificial system, there would now be access, though it is limited in the old covenant. There was limited access, but they could still have an access to God. And God now didn't have a land of Eden, but he had a portable Eden with limited access. Can you see it? Can you see it? Now, as you look at this, we, we will see that uh, we begin to look, the, the, the typology is incredible. Both Eden and the tabernacle was a meeting place with God. We see that, that, that they were both eastward facing. That God walked in the garden and he walked with Israel through the wilderness, even into the place of promise uh, through the tabernacle. Come on now. But the the Adam was he was told to guard and to keep the garden. In fact, he he had the very right to tell Satan, Lucifer, whoever the serpent was in the garden, uh, which we know was the devil, to get out of there. But he was in the garden. And what we see here. He was the guard and keep of the Levites that were given the the charge. You need to guard and keep the tabernacle. Oh, is there any Levites in the house? Any priest, a royal priesthood? What are you called to do? You're called to keep and to guard what God has given you and not let anything violate that relationship that you have with Him. Just a little food for thought. You notice that the garden was created by the Spirit of God. So the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord was involved in the creation of the tabernacle. Uh, interesting note that both the Garden of Eden creation and the tabernacle were constructed by God said. If you study it out, you'll find out that just as the Lord spoke and the world came into existence, uh, he also spoke to Moses. uh, And through that instruction, the tabernacle was created. In fact, there were seven God says actions that created uh, in Genesis and also seven God said actions that created the tabernacle. I don't know, but I'm starting to see a parallel, aren't you? What is God doing? He was giving us a a, a portrait that's leading to a greater revelation for you and I as the body of Christ. God saw that it was good after he created it. God saw that the tabernacle was good after he created it. After God created Eden and the whole earth, he rested. And we see that there is rest there built into the laws of Moses, the laws of God. Bibles over there. Who's got your Bible? Won't you look here? It's in Matthew 27. The sacrificial system was put in place, and there's limited access to the veil. But only the high priest could go once a year. No one else ever saw the Ark of the Covenant where God said he would meet. Because every time they moved, they put a veil over that. Why Because they would discover the image of God because the invisible God became visible through Jesus Christ not only to reveal God but also to reveal who we are and we are not uh, we may come into this world uh, bearing the image of Adam but let me tell you that's not our ultimate end goal that the ultimate end goal is that we bear the image of the one true savior and that is the Lord Jesus Christ but see, we don't have any access. Now you've got no access, limited access to so all of a sudden With the sacrifice was given, who was not only innocent, but he was perfect. Now that veil and those cherubims had to stand aside because it came down from heaven to earth. The Bible says the veil and the cherubims had to give way because the access to the holies of holies. I don't know about you, but that tells me God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have access sitting and just the holy furnishing that was set off that where, where God said in, the, in that blood-stained area that I will meet with you between the, the cherubims, between the, the one sitting at the home, oh, the one sitting at the head of Jesus and the one sitting at the feet of Jesus. And how do you and I, how do we find unlimited access to the kingdom of God? How do we do that? We do it at the grave. When we go to the grave, when we die to self, now all of a sudden the stone is rolled away and we walk out a brand new individual, and now we are part of the heavenly host. And now there is unlimited access to the kingdom of God. When I died to self, then the resurrection spirit came alive inside of me, and now I walk out on the other side, and people are shocked that I'm not in the grave. not access was removed. The altar of incense stayed there. The table of showbread stayed there. The lampstand stayed there. The Ark of the Covenant stayed there. But now we have Got the revelation at Bethel, you're ready to move on to Jericho, which is warfare. But until you get the understanding that you have been conquered at the cross and that you are no longer your own your own being, you belong to God now. Go face the enemy because you're not facing him with your validation. You're not facing him with all of your self-efforts and your works. No, you're facing him in the resurrected blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because you understand the work that has been accomplished at Calvary, and you're not sourcing this thing. You're not fueling this thing. It's not your good looks and talents. they got you here, and they won't take you any further. But Realize I am dead and he's alive. Now, step out of the grave, now you can chase hell with a squirt gun. Thank you, you, Jesus. What about you? But I think we're on a journey a journey of revelation, of the realization of the relationship that we. yeah To carry the presence of God everywhere I go. And give heaven access to earth through me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just stand up, lift your hands, and just. in the spirit. I'm not adding to or taking away. What Paul is inferring is that we walk in the resurrected power because we are dead to the flesh. You can't resurrect a dead man. He's just dead. You're not going to get him up. Die to self finally and stop glamorizing him and let him go. Put self in the grave stop trying to lift him up like Weekend at Bernie's. I have no idea what's in that movie. I said something a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know what it meant. I found out afterwards, and I just want to say uh, publicly, please forgive the ignorance of this preacher when it comes to social things, okay? I make references to stuff. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I did not go back and research. I don't know what Weekend do, Bernie was it been 20 years since I've seen that movie, and I was probably a sinner when I was more like 30 years, okay? <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. Limit themselves and blame it on the devil or somebody else and the devil has nothing to do with it. It's just self-destructive behavior. Killing what God wants to do. Let the Lord have access to you. Lord, we ask you in this house tonight that you will lift the limits off of our hearts. Our mind, our soul, our being. Lord, you know the weakness of us and how that we cannot, Lord God, you you were so merciful and kind, so generous, Lord God, that you came to rescue us from Satan, from sin, God, from ourselves. Lord, I'm asking you tonight to bring the overwhelming revelation willingness of the hearts of your children to give you access. Walk in the liberty and the resurrection God has given you. Freedom from fear. Torture. excited about giving that you can't wait for an offering to come about. Just to say, God, I, I want to see what you're going to do this year. I'm just going to put some seed in the ground. Uh, and, and and just go ahead and this is not naming and claim it, but I do believe you can sow in an area you want to grow. You want to sow in an area you want to grow. I'm not going to plant in in my whole life unless, unless I'm doing it for somebody else. I'm not going to plant celery seeds. Because I'm not going to eat celery. But I want to plant some other vegetation that I want to eat. So, so take that seed in hand, and tonight, we're going, to, we're going to lift up Robert and the Caiazos, Naomi, and Bob Caiazo in Nicaragua. They're doing an incredible work. He works with the he's a He's a sports chaplain for the, for the professional teams in Nicaragua, and she works with, with children and, and they, they, they help them in so many different areas. Uh, they help families to to give them seed money to start their own businesses. They, they educate to children. They have an orphanage there. And, and they're just doing a fantastic work. I want us to lift them before the Lord tonight. Because any time you start piercing into the darkness, you're always going to have an opposition to the enemy. So tonight, <clears throat> take your mission offerings in hand. And let's pray a blessing over them and let's pray for the Chiazzos. Father, we come before you tonight and we lift up the Chiazzos, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you will open up unprecedented doors. That, Lord God, as they move into areas of ministry, Lord God, in Nicaragua, I know, Father. Uh, There are areas, Lord God, that they need expansion. They need to further Eden in their area. I pray, Father God, that they would continue to rescue the kids. Uh, I pray that they would continue to help, uh, Lord God, families to learn uh, sustaining, Lord God. Help, Lord God, the professional athletes, Lord God, and and the sports teams, Lord God, and those uh, men that are seeking after fame and fortune, Lord, to come to a realization of who you are. And I pray, Father, for those that are making sacrifice tonight. Displaying their love through sacrifice. I just pray tonight that you will bless them a hundredfold, Lord. Put it back before, Lord God, the, the week's end. And Lord God, bless them, Father, and what they give tonight. I speak a blessing over them, and we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. The gentleman at the back, receive. You have a great rest of the week. We'll see you here uh, Saturday morning at 8 30, and see you back here.